Welcome to the World Game Podcast, uh, Russia 2018, for this third episode in the series. Uh, let me remind you that we will be coming to you every match day. And uh, you can uh, stream or download this podcast from our website, sbs.com.au slash the world game. Very short podcast today because I have to make my way all the way to Kazan on a train overnight, 10 hours. Someone has to do it. So what we'll do today, we'll have a chat with Craig Foster and uh, we'll uh, preview the match, the big match, the one we are here for, the kickoff of the Australian campaign. The Socceroos are playing France. Uh, Craig, it's crunch time for the Socceroos. Uh, le crunch, uh, if it was France against New Zealand, it's France against Australia. It's not rugby, but still it's a bit of le crunch. Yeah, look, Australia's now in our fifth World Cup and we have to play at least one big nation every time. So, you know, we played West Germany in 74 and uh, in 06 we played Brazil. Uh, we lost by two goals, okay, but... Um, and then in 2010 we played Germany. Um, so each time you have to play one of these teams. Uh, so therefore, I think it's time Australia uh, stopped being so concerned. We know that they're very, very strong. But we need to do this every single World Cup now, so we need to get a bit more, um, um, a bit more used, I think, to approaching these games and and respecting the strength, but also being able to understand that Australia can pull off what in this game would be an upset, and that also big nations quite regularly uh, fail and crash out of World Cups, including France, uh, in the last 15 years several times. So nothing's impossible in football, particularly at a World Cup. If you were the coach of the Socceroos, only a few hours away from, from kickoff, how do you talk to the boys? Do you, do you let them reflect or do you actually carry on and try to inflict that positivity? Everything will be positive, but uh, firstly it depends as a coach how long you've been there. Van Marwijk hasn't been there long, so he has to rely on the fact that Australia are the reigning Asian champions, that this group of players knows how to approach games, um, that they are professionals, many of them playing in, in European leagues still, uh, and he doesn't need to influence it a lot. So most coaches leave the players to their own devices because by the time you become an international, you already know how to approach a game. My understanding is what Van Marwijk has said, that it's, it's, uh, you can be respectful, and by respectful means that you have to understand the strengths of France. Uh, so look, they're strong on the counter-attack. They can do this, do that. We need to watch for Mbappe if indeed he's fit. Uh, we need to watch for a Griezmann if he gets inside in the spaces. So you plan tactically, but it's a balance for a coach. Um, quite often, they don't want to give too much information about individual strengths of other players because they do feel that um, you know you can almost get overwhelmed by opponents. So what he'll be saying is, you respect them, but don't fear them. Um, and that's why I keep talking about history in World Cups. Many times big nations have been beaten in opening games. Many times they've crashed out. Uh, just in the last few World Cups, we saw many. Spain went out of our group alone last time. Uh, England went out at group stage. In 2010, there were quite a few. So uh, there's always hope in football. Fuel Didier Deschamps. What do you say to, to, to the players? Because they're going to play Australia, a team they've beaten recently, uh, relatively easily. Well, that's his whole problem. So when they played USA in the warm-up game, I think that was a good opponent for them. Because USA were physically strong, they actually well organised and played really well. Uh, they played a back five, which Australia is not, and I thought it was extremely effective against France. And the, the downside for the French team, as you'll know better than anyone, is that if the game's not going for them, the players start to take 
uh, it upon themselves to try and win the game. And, and uh, Pogba starts doing ridiculous things, shooting from 30 metres, because whilst they're extremely talented, they expect to just uh, roll over Australia. When that doesn't happen, and I say when, um, they can start to get frustrated. So the good thing for Deschamps is that USA game was a quite brilliant uh, lead-up match. It showed them exactly the problem they're going to face against Australia, and that's his message. His message is, okay, you see what happens, you do that in the first World Cup, you're in trouble. The French, uh, Desai is, everyone, all their former players are talking about the importance of starting really well. Um, so after that, I guess, not setback, but just cautionary tale of USA, uh, Deschamps' job is already done for him. We know uh, Tim Cahill has made a lot of work over the last year to, to be in that squad. He is in that squad. How important is he? It's not just physical, it's also mentally with, with the guys around. That's true. Psychology of the groups extremely important. Um, and that's about being brave um, and having people in there who aren't concerned about going to play against France. I say again, though, that should be all of Australia, right? Because, you know, Australia has been here four times. This is our fifth and really it's our fifth big World Cup match against the real superpower. So whilst Tim approaches every game in the same way and we know that he's brave, he can score against anyone, you know, my, my view is that all of Australia should be like that. That it's time, if we're going to start competing in World Cups and do really well, as a nation we have to be able to start saying, OK, this is a fantastic team. We could have got a better draw or whatever the case is, but we know that um, things can be achieved at World Cup level. And you know him uh, personally, Tim. Uh, how much do you think the influence of, of him being able to be amongst the greats, having scored in four World Cups, how much does that play on his mind? Is that a challenge? Is it something he's, he's, he, wants to, he wants to achieve? Do you know him personally? What do you think? No, I think it's the, the sort of positive motivation that he needs, actually. So the whole thing about Tim Cahill is he wanted to break records. He wanted to become someone. He wanted to become the greatest player. He wanted to be the top goal scorer. He wanted... So he's consistently, throughout his career, um, defied uh, gravity, but defied critics, certainly, and um, has just gone from one goal to the next and knocked them down time and time again. That's why it's important that he has this goal, actually. I think he's only, he will only need to score one in this World Cup, and my sense, he might get some time late against France, that's true, and if he scores, wonderful, but it's the games against um, Denmark and Peru are where this group is going to be navigated. They're the three, we're the three teams who are very evenly matched, and one goal, one decisive goal against either of those two that delivers three points is precisely the contribution that Van Marwijk and the nation needs from Tim Cahill. Okay, you've uh, provided me with a good link. Denmark-Peru, uh, what can we expect? You say it's evenly matched. Also, although Denmark have been in the World Cup, Peru, not for such a long time. No, 36 years is a long time. So all the fans are here and they're providing great colour in this World Cup. They're, they're really the main fans around 2018 because um, it's wonderful for them to be back here. And Australia knows what that feels like after three decades. Uh, Peru are doing really well. With Guerrero back, makes them much stronger. So the trouble with them is they've got Farfan and others uh, who are really good players. Yotun is an outstanding midfielder, can get forward. Um, so they're a good group. Agaresa has created an incredible dynamic. They're feeding off this feeling of destiny, which we did. That was our whole marketing campaign in 06 was about destiny, right? And that's the worry for Australia. That's what they're trying to feed off. It can be a powerful motivation. It was a huge motivation for everyone in back in 2006. We need to overcome that. Uh, 
they can overcome Denmark. Um, I saw them in their recent couple of friendly internationals. Ericsson's too important for them. And aside from him, Jorgensen up front is okay, nothing special. Um, they, uh, they play very direct. I don't know if that'll give uh, too much trouble to Peru. But my feeling is um, that Peru are very capable of beating this team. And in their first game here with all their fans and so on, I wouldn't be surprised if they do. Okay, and one uh, match I'd like to highlight as well, Argentina against Iceland, David against Goliath. Or is it actually, because uh, what can we expect actually from Iceland, those fearless Vikings against Argentina, always uh, hard to start a World Cup as a favourite as well? Yes, uh, Argentina, though, should have too much for them in this game. Uh, Iceland are well organised and physically they're very strong. Uh, but Argentina are highly motivated in this World Cup as well. Lionel Messi's fresh. That's also another big issue here. You know, Lionel Messi's gone the last uh, two, three, three major tournaments, including the Coppers and uh, World Cup. I'm sure he was running on fumes because in all of those years he had massive... Um, seasons with Barcelona going all the way to Champions League finals and winning things. This time uh, he's had some time to rest and he's been rested in some of the friendlies in the lead up too. That's extremely important. So a fresh Messi in the World Cup in his last real opportunity to win it, likely, uh, I see him doing really well in this first game. Iceland, you know, beat England at the Euros and and got some accreditable draws, got through to the quarter-final, uh, but my feeling is teams of the quality of Argentina and the different style of football that Iceland face. See, European football is always very structured and they lack uh, the, the uh, creative nature um, of teams like Argentina and Brazil. You know, the, the football in South America is still in many ways quite different and I think they might struggle with it. Thanks, Craig. It was a pleasure. Pleasure. Now, I don't know if you remember, but a few days ago we were saying there's no British fans, no English fans uh, in uh, in Moscow. We can't see them. We see all the different colours, but we don't see the, the English fans wearing their shirts or, or their flag. But you guess what? I found the only one. I'm here and I bumped into the only English fan I've seen in the last three, four days. You're on your own, mate. Yeah, I know. I can't believe it. I think it won't be this case for, for very long, but yeah, today I'm the only one. Why are you on your own? Usually the, the English fans are, you know, we've got this idea of packs and, and so on. You're on your own here in Red Square. Yeah, it's a bit weird for me to be here on my own. Usually we are in a pack. Um, we're playing in the south of Russia, in Volgograd. And so I think a lot of fans are not coming to Moscow anyway. They're going directly there. My friends all arrive tomorrow. I'm living in Germany, so I'm taking a different, uh, different route to them. And I've come a day early and I'm looking around, looking for other England fans, looking for someone. But all I find is Germans, other Germans that are probably on the same flight as me today. You, you can't escape them? I can't, they're everywhere, <laughs> really they're everywhere. Germans and Argentinians, everywhere. You're wearing your shirt with the three lions on the heart in Russia, how do you feel? Uh, I think we got told a lot of uh, scary stories. I was in France a couple of years ago when there was a lot of trouble as well, but yeah, you can really, you can avoid it. And I think here, everyone's welcoming, everyone's friendly so far. Yeah, I have no, no worries. Do you know what? That's exactly what I thought. It's, it's, it's such a good feeling around this work. Back home, people are asking questions. Are you okay? Are you okay? Yeah, yeah and okay and having fun. Yeah, my, friendlies, uh, my family and friends were telling me, ah, oh, you're crazy, you shouldn't go there. A lot of my friends that usually come to the games with me wouldn't come to Russia. They, they're too scared because of the media and our government as well didn't help. They made it sound like it's going to be terrible for us. We're all going to die if we come here. But yeah, of course, it's, it, I want to be here. I want to see Russia and yes, it's perfect so far. So the chance we have behind our back is the Germans. Uh, I mean, they're arch favourites. How do you think England is going to fare? I think we will meet Germany in the quarter-final because I don't expect that we'll win our group. I think Belgium will win the group. And with that being the case, I think we're going to meet Germany. I'm 
I hate to say it, but I'm sure we'll lose. I, I hate to say it though. But you never know, it's football. All right, who's going to win the World Cup? Germany, I have to say it. I've, I've lived there for long enough now that they've uh, indoctrinated me. Um, yeah, they're really strong. And I would love to say England, not this time. Maybe the next one. We have a lot of young players and uh, I think we're not ready yet. But I, I have a lot of hope for the future. But right now, I, I can't say anyone other than Germany. Here we go. That was Adrian. And believe me, this is honestly the only English shirt we saw for the last, almost the last week here uh, in Russia, here in, in Moscow, where we are based. Uh, this is it for the podcast today. Let me remind you that you can, uh, of course, uh, stay in touch with us on our website, uh, sbs.com.au slash the world game. Follow us on Twitter and this uh, brilliant Twitter show uh, with Craig and Lucy, uh, where we are at uh, uh, the world game. And of course, uh, downloading this podcast every morning and straight to your ears uh, by 7.30 right in time for your commute uh, next time I'll talk to you hopefully I'll be in Kazan ready for this big crunch Les Bleus against the Socceroos but that's next time bye for now <laughs>